This week on Low Earth Orbit, we review Gravity. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 13. I'm Steve Marmon. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. And today we're going to review the movie Gravity. Gravity is directed by Alfonso Caron, and he's probably best known for formerly directing Children of Men. It also stars Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. So, just to give you a little bit of the backstory, if you don't already know, the premise of the movie is that there are two astronauts, um, they're in orbit working on, I believe it's the Hubble Space Telescope, but I'm not sure if they say that explicitly in the film. They do. They do? Okay. So, they're working on Hubble. Uh, As their repairs are just being finished up, they receive word that a Russian missile test that has destroyed one of the Russian satellites, but that satellite's debris has now collided with other satellites and caused a chain reaction that has then then resulted in a large uh, debris field heading their way. And as a result, it destroys the shuttle that um, that they had arrived on and basically puts them all in danger. And the movie continues from there. So, uh, Scott, what did you think? So the, when we, when we looked at the trailer for our, our fall winter movie preview, the, the concern I think we all had, because the trailer was like a minute and a half of like grabbing for stuff, you know, and it was kind of like, we're all like, boy, I really hope it's not that. Um, so the interesting thing is it kind of was an hour and a half of grabbing for stuff. I mean, I know it was, it, it, I told you so. I'm like, I'm like, it couldn't possibly just be them <laughs> flying around in space, desperately trying to hold on for dear life for an hour and a half. Yeah. So and, it turns out, it turns out that's actually what happened. <laughs> uh, but you know, so the, so the interesting thing though, is that it kind of was amazing. Like it still worked for me. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's hard. So, so one thing is that this, at least for me, the structure felt very unconventional um, so that was interesting, but the performance is really good. And the, like the, the story arc was really compelling. And, you know, you, you were really like locked into like figuring out what was going to happen next. I didn't really know how to predict what was going to happen next. There were a lot of surprises for me. And by the end of the movie, I was, I was kind of blown away, uh, you know, figuratively. Um, I, I think this might actually, if you were to look at the top 100 movies of all time, I, I kind of feel like this might have knocked one of those guys off, maybe something higher up. Uh, just because if for no other reason than the complete journey from the beginning to the end was so compelling and it was delivered so effectively uh, that it, it, it just it's a phenomenally well-made movie. The one thing I'll say is I think it's pro- probably not super high on my list of favorite movies because I didn't it's not necessarily the kind of thing I necessarily go for. So it's a it's ultimately a thriller. And so I didn't get all the emotions I'm typically looking for in a movie, but it's hard to deny that it's an incredible work of art. So I, I really I, re- I highly recommend it if for no other reason than that. And if you're into space, uh, you know, I would strongly recommend seeing it. What about you, Justin? I thought it was great. You know, I definitely shared all the same concerns that it would be an hour and a half of, can they reach that next <laughs> handle? And there was some of that, but I actually didn't feel like that's what most of the movie focused on. I mean, I feel like that was a mechanic that got used a couple of times because that actually, you know, was a problem for the astronauts, like for the characters in the movie. But overall, I thought it was really, really awesome. And one of the things that I loved about it was how focused, I guess, it kind of was on Sandra Bullock's character. And it was just, I I didn't even realize it until I'd left the theater and was driving home. And I realized that we never left space, like, from the audience's perspective. Like, the whole movie, we were seeing everything basically, you know, very close to her character you know, there's not, there's never a point where it like cuts away to Houston and there's like engineers desperately huddled around a computer mm-hmm. screen trying to figure out how to get her home. It's completely, you know, from her perspective. And I thought that was 
really cool. Like yeah. I think a lot of movies wouldn't have been or a lot of directors maybe wouldn't have been bold enough to basically say, we're going to tell the whole story yeah. entirely from space. That's a huge gamble. Yeah, and, it, and I, th- I think it paid off. I think it was really yeah. cool. It really heightened the tension. It made you feel like you were trapped up there. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really well done. And a lot of really long shots. I think the whole opening yeah. scene of the movie is one continuous, like almost five-minute shot mm-hmm. where it's just a really long sequence at the beginning. This is all really, really well done. So I thought it was great. I I think it was definitely very original in the concept for sure, and there were some elements that I I really liked a lot. Like the music was fantastic, the score was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of really beautiful, beautiful shots. The fact that it was in space, just in general, um, and and actually like about NASA, and largely tried to be plausible and somewhat realistic. Mm-hmm. I really liked. Overall, though, I was I was quite disappointed. Actually, really? I did not enjoy the movie. I didn't hate the movie, but I did not enjoy it. Um, and I, I think it kind of boils down to two main things. The first was that, like, the character development was really sort of rickety and it felt tacked on. It was like, oh, we did, we plot this whole, like, sequence of events, you know, and then they were like, oh, crap, we've got the character, de- you know, development. There's no emotional story arc here. So let's tack on something about, uh, I don't know, the main actress's, you know, like, tragic past. Okay, there, check. Emotional story arc taken care of. Um, and we'll devote five lines of dialogue to it and it'll be, it'll be great. Um... And so that felt really like kind of cliche and barely like barely tacked onto the movie as a whole, like perfunct, kind of very perfunctory. Um, and so, you know, that, I felt like at the end I didn't, you know, all these bad things were happening to these these characters, and I didn't really care about them. Like the bad things happened so quickly that I couldn't get to know them before these they were in peril. And I was like, eh, and I don't know, I wasn't all that particularly emotionally involved in any of them. In fact, one of the characters is really annoying. George Clooney's character, I was like, wanted him to die. Like, so you finally <laughs> shut up. <laughs> So, you know, like that, I was really frustrated by that aspect of the movie. I know it's like, I mean, it's a thriller, so it's not, that's not what I'm really going in for. But usually there's like something, you know, like usually thrillers will spend a little bit of time just at least getting you to sort of know the characters so that you can care about them once they're actually in danger. And there was no time spent or almost no time spent on that. By the way, are we going to, we're going to talk spoilers afterwards? We'll talk spoilers afterwards, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, and the other thing is like, I found it, th- th- even though they tried to sort of be technically like accurate and, you know, there was still a number of like really such like hugely gaping plot holes and things were completely technically implausible that I found it incredibly distracting and sort of, you know, sort of shattered my suspension of disbelief on multiple occasions. And maybe better talk about those after the spoiler break. I don't know how much, how far so, we want to go in spoiler wise. Well, there is, there is, th- this has kind of come up here and there. And the one thing I think that's worth mentioning, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but um, Buzz Aldrin did a sort of impromptu interview with the Hollywood reporter about gravity and he basically said it was incredibly accurate. And he, he conceded that there were things that were not accurate, but he kind of realized that that was, you know, artistic license and it would it function better as a movie with those. But he, he said, like, passing through the different parts of the space station was exactly the experience that he had had. Um, he said the spinny stuff that happens maybe was a little exaggerated, but he, you know, which, as, which part's that? Where she like, it's untethered in the very beginning. I, it wasn't, they, they didn't specifically identify which oh, part okay. it was, but he, he basically said the tumbling thing happens, but maybe not as quickly, you know, mm-hmm. as it, as it actually occurred. But he, he basically went straight out and said the way they traverse the space station and that, that whole experience when they shoot through was, was very similar to what he had experienced. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, like the, the act of like, you know, climbing through a space station. Yeah. If they had, that had not been accurate, I, I, all hope would be lost. Like <laughs> there's like walking. That, that's, that seems like a, like a baseline that shouldn't even be. Well, in my mind, it shouldn't even be discussed. Well, I'm just like, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, no, no. I'm just saying that like that. That was that wasn't the extent of the interview. Okay. I was just saying as an example, that was one thing he called out. In other words, the overall message that he had, um, you know, assuming it was translated correctly, was that he felt it was plausible enough to for him to enjoy it. 
And if yeah. it's kind of hard to make a case for somebody who would be more annoyed by something like that, you know? So well, I don't know. I mean, if I was an astronaut and there was a movie that actually tried to portray NASA in a positive light and somewhat accurately, I would look over all kinds of gaping hole holes to, to promote it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think, he's, I think he's actually possibly a more biased observer in that point of view. I mean, yeah, I can see that he he would sort of have a vested interest in people going to see the movie. That makes sense. I actually think one of the interesting things about that is, you know, because we're at this point right now where the space program has kind of been canceled. I mean, depending on how you look at it, there's, you know, manned space programs. And I think one of the things they sort of subconsciously convey in the movie, which is really effective, is that, you know, they talk about something happens that that's, starts to take out the satellites and they're like communications blackout, which is sort of a way of saying you know, we only have worldwide communications because we had a space program, you know, and we're, we're missing out on the future of that kind of stuff if we're not funding the space program. So, yeah. so I mean, that's sort of a tangent from what you're talking about, but I thought that was another interesting thing, which is like, here's a pretty, you know, depending on how you interpret it, it's a pretty hard science space movie that's like mainstream accessible. Um, I thought that was interesting. No, I mean, I think a lot of the, the things that they do, which which were sort of plot holes, I think were were basically required, given the structure of the film, to make mm-hmm. it work. So it, it's okay. I, I would have, I'd, I forgive those more than mm-hmm. I forgive the sort of just like the the, the lack of you know character development. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, I actually would prefer if there were no attempt at it, like Memento. You know, you, there's no way to tell you know in that movie the way it's structured. It's really not a good way to have a char- martial character arc because it's it's fundamentally incompatible with the, the thing that the mm-hmm. way the movie is structured. And so they just don't really make much of an attempt at it, and it's fine. You're, it's all about you know the puzzle of what's happening in the film. And I think if this movie had just tried to be you know this sequence of you know very you know sort of ingeniously put together you know um, sort of thriller you know actiony pieces. Uh, that would be fine, but they try to try to tack on this thing on the side to make to give it some sort of emotional story arc that I just felt like was just so underdeveloped that, that I, I actually that actually made it worse. You know, in my opinion, it seemed like there was only maybe two minutes devoted to that in the course of the film, and there was the there was a part where where she talks about her backstory and just the smallest smidge of George Clooney's character talking about the backstory. I think that's pretty much it though. Right. So you're just saying they should have cut those two minutes. Yeah. I I think it was even worth, I think it was distracting. You know, it was like, you know, it just, it just made it feel like a cheaper movie than it was Mm -hmm. to have this, such a, you know, cliche kind of, you know, tragic backstory, you know, I think designed to make you be more invested in her character, but made her character feel more fake to me. And so I, I care about even less. So do you, so how did you feel about the science parts? Were you concerned about the potholes and the science parts or just pretty much the potholes? Uh, well, I mean, the plot holes are because of the science parts. Like, you know, there's certain things that, that are necessary for the plot to move forward that are simply not possible. I mean, did you buy it? Like, was there anything that that disturbed you in terms of the technical plausibility? Well, yeah, it's like, it's like there's some things that they do in the movie that which are not possible because of physics. Oh, oh I miss it. Okay. Physics says you cannot do this thing. Yeah, yeah. They do it anyway yeah. in multiple times, in multiple places, and are required for the plot to, to work. Uh-huh. And, you know, it you know was distracting. We should talk about those after. Exactly. I'm really curious because I, 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 I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> Me too. Um, so, I mean, but would you, so you wouldn't really recommend it then? Well, here's the thing. Uh, this is not my kind of, I mean, sort of like what you said, it's not my kind of movie per se, you know? Uh, I mean, it sort of seems like it should be because I really like movies about space. Um, but I also don't really like movies that are just mostly action, which, you know, I don't know if this is exactly action. It's, it's kind of, it's well, a funny line between action and thriller. thriller yeah. yeah. But I, I like suspense thriller, like where things aren't happening, but you're like sort of waiting for them to happen. You know, this is like, there's hardly a breath. There's a few moments where they kind of take sort of these beautiful like shots of the earth and the atmosphere and stuff. And I'm just kind of getting in like, wow, it's so beautiful. And suddenly something terrible, terrible happens to them. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we get back to, you know, barely trying to survive, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was such, so it was so wall to wall, 
full of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that even as a thriller, I didn't enjoy it as I do as much as I do most thrillers. So, I mean, I, I didn't like it, but I, almost every single person I know that I've talked to has loved it. Mm-hmm. So people should, but given that people should probably watch it because okay. I'm, I mean, I'm just clearly in the minority here, not enjoying it. So I just, I just <laughs> want to clarify, go on record as saying I, it, it was, although it's not in my maybe top 10 or whatever, I really liked it. So I don't know if I, I communicate that way. Well. Oh, okay. I was just saying that like, there's there's always this this like balance between what you think something is in terms of the movie quality versus your personal reaction to it. And I was just saying in this case, I think the movie quality is higher than my personal reaction. Got it. So, mm-hmm. um, so you, you, Justin, you'd recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. No, I thought I thought it was great. I thought especially it was cool because you know we just in the recent past we're talking about Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, and right. So yeah, I know. see some of this stuff in the movie, like yeah. where she's aligning, you know, the uh, Soyuz or however you pronounce it, Soyuz, the Russian yeah, yeah. capsule, so she can get over to the other space station, and, like doing all the adjustments, right. getting all just right. Like I've done that yeah. in Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> it really is kind of you're gonna need three seconds of burn, yeah, just yeah. a little bit yeah. of this, that, and the other thing, and then go. And, you yeah, know, I don't know. So that was that was really cool. And yeah, I guess there were probably some like technical inaccuracies, um, but I actually didn't notice them over the course of the movie because um, I think I was so caught up in just the suspense, not suspense, but like the the thrill of just, you know, is this going to work out? Like, how could this get possibly get worse? Oh, it just got worse. Yeah. Like, you know, all the other things that are going on. And so but I thought it was good. I thought that, you know, they did a good job of making it, you know, technical, technically correct in ways that I noticed and they managed to hide the parts that were not technically so correct, I guess, to me. I liked how they did um, the sound, actually. I thought the sound was really cool, how they didn't do... Um, sound in space? The usually, yeah, there's <laughs> usually like this gratuitous, like, you know, you can hear all this stuff as if you know, there was regular sound in right. space. But especially at the beginning of the movie where they're, you know, working on the Hubble, the sound has got this really weird quality to it. And then after a minute, you realize that that's what it would sound like if you were in the yeah, space yeah, suit. You yeah. can only hear the things that they yeah, that was really cool. You. Yeah. That was really neat. And they actually managed to carry that through, I think, a good, maybe not all, but a pretty good chunk of the movie. Yeah. I think the sound is actually fairly close to what you might have heard if you had actually been there, which I thought was really cool. Well, it's funny. At the very beginning, they actually you can tell they thought about this because they say at the very beginning... Just so the audience knows, yes. there is no sound in space. It's not a mistake, which yeah. is, I think, you know, it makes sense so that people aren't just sort of... It's a know. little bit disappointing. Like, oh, people aren't probably smart enough to realize that there aren't sound in space, so let's put this little notice in here, you know? <laughs> well, but, 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 I mean, realistically, we, you know, it, it's just not something... It, it's not about smart. It's just something that if you're not interested in that area, yeah, that's true. And, 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 and most of the movies do have sound in space, and so people' right. expectations so are probably to, miscalibrated. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. they don't want it to be like, oh, this is so artsy. They don't have sound in space. It's like, no, no, that's actually there, how it is. There really isn't any sound in space. FYI, yeah. I mean, I didn't see it. In 3D. Did you see it in 3D? Oh, yeah. We should say we, that. We should, so, so I about. actually, yeah. So I, I saw it in IMAX 3D. Whatever IMAX means nowadays, it means. I don't know, extra 3D or something like that. <laughs> it means big screen. But so, for yeah, usually I would say, so I've seen like 3D, like Pixar, uh, Disney movies in 3D, and those usually work really well. I think most other movies don't work well in 3D, and I hesitate to bring up Avatar again, but purely from a 3D perspective, um, it as someone who perceives 3D, I thought that was maybe the, the high watermark for live action 3D. It was, it was convincing for me. And this actually was up there. And I was really surprised because most 3D movies, you can see the edges. I mean, literally in some cases, but you can see, oh, this is just like a paper cutout in front of another paper cutout. And it's not convincing. I was very rarely consciously aware of the 3D here. And and as somebody who doesn't usually seek out 3D movies, I would encourage people to go seek it out if unless they're totally against it. But, you know, if you if the slightest interest in the topic material and the slightest interest in 3D, 
I would recommend trying MX3D. Yeah, I remember the, the, I was, the director made some comment about how like like most of the reason to see this movie is in 3D. If you like, yeah. he, he said something like if you miss if you, don't, if you go to the 2D version, you're missing like a third of the movie or two thirds of the movie or yeah. something like uh-huh. that. Or, and and I full, saw, full I dimension. Saw, I saw the 2D version and still thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. but but in particular the 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 moment where sh- you are first person in her suit, it's a whole different experience. I would imagine because you actually feel like you're in the suit, you know, because it's not it's not stuff coming at your face. It's depth. Right, so you're looking out into space from her suit. So, yeah. well, I think one of the reasons maybe why you why it works so well for you is uh, as reading with the 3D. I mean, the, the, because so much of the movie, the majority of the movie, it actually is 3D rendered. 3D rendered. It's kind of like a like Pixar. That's true. Movie. It's true. Yeah. Like they actually like can do put two cameras in, in the 3D scene and yeah. record it that way. It's only yeah. one the ones that have the, the actors that require extra, extra processing after the fact. Yeah, we can film with two cameras. It's yeah, just, but, I, yeah, but I don't. So I, I couldn't completely tell, but I got the, the impression they didn't actually do that for the actors. But I mean. Be met wrong. Uh, it was well. It was, it was it was among the very best 3D I've ever seen okay. for a live action up, up there with Avatar. So did you guys see Prometheus in 3D? I no. did not. No. I saw Prometheus in 3D and thought it was well done. Okay. So and I usually also don't seek out 3D movies. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought that one was well done too. So yeah. I think maybe possibly Hollywood is getting the hang of this 3D thing. Well, I don't know. plus there's something about like there's a lot of movies that really just thematically have no. There's no point in using the 3D, but this is like the one the of the Greek Gatsby. Yeah, right. The Greek Gatsby is in 3D. Yes. Oh lord. <laughs> but I mean, this is one of those where it actually would make a difference if they're, you're trying to have the experience of like being in space. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to talk spoilers because this is apparently something I missed. So we should find out. Yeah, I have, I have lots more of my spoilers <laughs> list than I think on the on the on the actual review list. Um, so yeah, so hang around if you want to hear the spoilers. Because um, uh, there's a lot to talk about. Really. <laughs> um, otherwise, go and see the movie because uh, I think in general we're recommending it, and um, it's probably playing everywhere right now. So that about wraps it up. Uh, if you could, you know, leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be really great. Helps out a lot. You can also send us feedback at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. And I guess we're going to spoilers now. All right, so I'm thrilled to find out uh, what what was broken in terms of physics because I I mean I was I was I guess maybe consciously not trying to get too stuck on that myself because I kind of expected yeah it's a movie you know so they're going to give up on some of that but so, so the thing that, that I found the most distracting by far was the fact that every time that they were in a situation where the current place they were in like you know the Explorer which is their made up shuttle for the for the film you know or the ISS wherever they're at. Like, they realize that, that they can't, you know, that, that it's basically completely, you know, shot to hell or whatever, and they can't use it to, for rescue. They look out their window, and right there, easily in view, is another <laughs> space station or thing. Like, really? <laughs> space is huge! The, the Earth is huge! It's not like, you know, if you were, like, you, you know, like, if you were broken down somewhere in Africa, you could look up and see, like, another car, like, 500 feet away. Oh, I'll take that one! <laughs> it's, like, the same way, like, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> why is everything, like, within a 100-mile radius? It's absurd. Like, I, I looked up. Like, where is the, you know, exactly where is the Hubble in relation to the ISS, okay? Yeah. The ISS is at 250 miles above the Earth. The Hubble is at 350 miles above the Earth. But they are on extremely different <laughs> orbits, on the, like, different, over, over different parts of the planet. Hmm. Like, I, and, I, and I remember, I was like, I think it really bothered me is I, about this was because I was actually at Kennedy Space Center last year. And we, and we were visiting launch pads 39A and B. And they're talking about how the last time, and one of the few times, actually, that they had shuttles on both launch pads was when Atlantis went up to, sh- to service uh, Hubble, which is actually the very mission that inspired this entire movie, because apparently the director uh, actually watched... Like they, like when they, when they were, su- were servicing the Hubble, they brought up IMAX cameras, 
And they brought these up with them, and they made this IMAX film about how they serviced the, you know... Oh, yeah, uh, what was that called? I wanted to see that. I'd... I don't know. Um, but uh, there was, you know, they, there was this film, and we can, I'm sure we can reference it in the show notes, yeah, yeah. Um, that they made while we're servicing it, mm-hmm. um, you know, on board with, with, with Atlantis. And so the director saw that, was really inspired by it, and made the movie because he saw this, mm-hmm. this, he saw this documentary. So anyway, so the Atlantis mission was the first one, I think it was the first one, it was, it was either the first one or one of the, one of the first ones after mm-hmm. uh, Columbia had... had, had um, been destroyed. Yeah, and so they were sending it up to do this repair, and they, they needed a contingency plan in case the same thing happened to Atlantis because they didn't really fix the problem. Right, right. You know? right yeah. And the first plan was, well, we'll just fly to the ISS. Mm-hmm. Turns out they could not get on board the space shuttle from the orbit of Hubble to the ISS. Like they didn't have enough fuel. There was not, so yeah, like, there was not enough fuel. Uh, it would it would require such extensive burns to get there. Man. You know that they could not actually make it. Not if Delta V. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. Didn't they play Kerbal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they actually put the Endeavor on another launch pad next to it as a backup plan, which is like you know, like a two billion dollar backup plan right. you know, to rescue them. <laughs> Wasn't this like a plot of Armageddon? <laughs> <laughs> Take two spaces yes. <laughs> well together. Yeah, so yeah, so like you know, it's it's basically like impossible. You, you, even with all the fuel you can stuff on board a space shuttle to get from in between those two orbits. I, and you're a little tiny, you know, little tiny, you know, like, you know, jetpack that, again, they actually, they actually don't even have anymore. Or, you know, they, they, stopped, they, they basically, you know, decommissioned them, you know, um, so they, you know, they, they don't really use those for, for EVAs anymore. Or they didn't when they had a space a shuttle program. Um, to get between the two points. It's just way too far. You have to do pretty extensive burns to get between these radically different mm. you know, orbits, which, you know, um, and so, and yet they just did it in like 90 minutes, just cruised over. It was like right in, you know, right in over there, you know, and there they were over there, you know, with the other. But don't you think that made for a better movie where there was not just, oh, we're screwed. And then they died. I mean, maybe, but like, it was just so ridiculous to me. They just looked and there it was huge. Just like, right. Over, like, yeah. why was the Hubble not even mounted on the ISS at that point? Like, why have them flying? Like, you know, so close together. If they're like, you know, like it was just, I don't know. Like if it was, just, it was like so far and then like, I don't know, there was some like, I don't know, some random line about this, you know, new like ion powered, you know, <laughs> like, thank you for smoking. Yeah. Like so that, that would get them there. That like, better with that? I don't know. It just seemed, I don't know if there was a good solution to that, yeah. but that was really distracting to me. Uh-huh. And, then, and then again, the Chinese space station also just right over there, like everything in all of space is within like hundred miles. Like really like awfully convenient. It was, yeah. it was just so convenient. Like, I, I don't know what they could have done. Maybe yeah. nothing, but that was really distracting. The other thing that was I found incredibly distracting was the reentry sequence, which I thought was actually really like thrilling, like mm-hmm. beautiful. Like I love the shot where they kind of pan out mm-hmm. and they have all the pieces like you know tearing through the atmosphere. Like mm-hmm. amazing shot. I love yeah, that. Super cool. But then like there's like there's two things that happen in that, that in that shot that is like really like uh, really bothered me. One is like the 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 the, the uh, Soyuz capsule is like spinning. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, tumbling at a high rate, and then suddenly like just writes itself and stops spinning and just like you know it's this perfect reentry like. How does that spinning? work? When was it spinning? I think that actually happens, though. I think that generally, like, I think... Well, because it was tumbling end over end, and then at a certain point, it separated the modules, right? Yeah. And then became just, like, a little re-entry module. Uh-huh. And that kind of tumbles a little bit, but eventually writes itself. And I Like, writes itself really rapidly, is that? Like, I, I think, actually, it's designed to do that. Like, I think it's shaped in such a way that it generally will only flow through the atmosphere... Like it stabilizes itself into the correct position. I think they're shaped that way on purpose. I don't okay, know. so that that, not, that may be true. But the this, thing this is like getting into actual rocket yes. science. I think that, uh, I don't know, but I think they're supposed to do that. But the other thing though is like I don't know, like it actually reminded me like that whole sequence reminded me of um, Apollo thirteen where they where they you know they're coming in to re-enter the atmosphere and they actually they do a controlled burn of the limb 
a rocket to actually, to actually correct because they were coming in too shallow. So to actually to correct the tra- trajectory, they do a controlled burn. So they actually you know cut, will come in, and, there, and then there's this cut in in the movie to some uh, to it's actually not it's actually a um, some historical footage of a news program at the time talking about like how this is but this is not gravity. You're no, talking no, yeah, about in, yeah. in, in Apollo 13, they yeah. do this cut to this you know this, this news program. We're talking about how they're worried about whether they're going to come in too shallow. And they're like, they hold up a basketball and hold up like a little like you know golf ball. Like, here's the Earth, here's the Moon, and like you know basically Apollo 13, the Apollo 13 command module needs to come in at this at this you know angle that's like this, this you know as thin as this sheet of paper. Like they hold a sheet of paper, you know. They had extensive prop uh, yeah, exactly. budget at that point. Yeah, yeah. anybody got a but basketball? It was but like, the 60s. Yeah, that's true. But the whole point is like you know they actually had this control burn to get this exact angle so they can actually make it into the atmosphere. Because if you like, too shallow, you just skip up. Yeah. Well, no. Well, if you come in, yeah, come in too shallow, you skip off. If you come in too steep, you burn up. Right. So you have to come in at a very specific angle, you know, and like. Here here is Sandra Bullock in this thing. There's no controlled burn at all. They're just tumbling straight into the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, and it happens to be exactly the right angle, so she neither skips off nor burns up. Like, seems like awfully convenient. I, I don't know. I just... I, so, all that may be true, but I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out, like, what... In all those cases, what, what would they do instead, right? I mean, it's not a documentary. It's a dramatic movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I guess I knew that going in, and I wasn't bothered by it because i realized that's that's the trade-off you have to make with a 90 minute movie as opposed to you know a three-hour movie or a documentary or i don't know but there's just so many of those things like what, what about the scene maybe you guys can explain this to me maybe i missed some critical th- piece of physics here the scene where george clooney's character is holding on to her and he's being sucked somehow well, that that was weird yeah I agree. and then i'm yeah. like why yeah. is he being pulled so strongly away that was the only moment, i mean it's yeah. like it's like at some point she stabilizes him okay so now he should have no no inertia, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and and like and like, and, but he's being pulled as if there was like some incredible force on him. And then as soon as she lets go, she drifts back to the station. Yeah, design. That was really yeah, that like, was really that was the only moment where I felt like it was distracting. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, but there was just so many of them. Another one, like well, that, so, so the Chinese space station, mm-hmm. it's deorbiting, right? Mm-hmm. Why which, is which, it de- by the way, awesome scene? I really loved it. Well, so it's it's deor- why was it deorbiting? Well, I thought the the idea was it, that it got hit by the debris. But like we saw, how it was, in the debris. It was, it was empty. Yeah, it was empty. It was decommissioned. Yeah, so oh, I, I right? have to have to imagine yeah. that, that the, oh, there's that, nobody there, and then the lander module is still attached. Like, well, I, okay, so I, I guess I didn't think about it enough. My impression I was left with, and maybe this was completely erroneous, was that they, the whoever was boarded on the station, yeah. heard the same alert that everybody mm. else heard. They got off, mm. and there was one pod left. And because of the debris that it hit the space station, it was tumbling towards Earth. But the maybe thing I is missed like, something. But, but I mean, it's moving at a ridiculously fast speed, right? You know, like, I mean, and orbits decay very slowly. I mean, eventually, yeah. things will fall back. But it takes right. a long time. So if something had hit it strong enough, like hard enough, to actually slow it down enough to be deorbiting at the rate it was, it, it would, would be destroyed. destroyed. The way the ISS was destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can think of is, well, maybe they were afraid that, like, by abandoning it, like, Western powers would, like, board it. And so they basically, like, reversed the thrusters <laughs> and then, like, slowed it way down such that it would basically, you know, deorbit itself really rapidly. Yeah. But it was, it was was going down crazy fast you know yeah. and I, I was just like it just there's all these things that were like really convenient for the plot mm-hmm. but one after another and i just like it was so hard for me to try and stay focused on like the sort of you know like story when there's all these like really implausible things happening well, well i would say though maybe you have some different insight into that but like the the, gra- the situation where sandra bullock is has to let george clooney's character go i think we're all capable of sort of comprehending this you know the physics involved there but with something as big and complicated as the space station, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you feel differently, but I don't feel like I'm equipped with enough knowledge about the Chinese space program to make judgments about how accurate well, that I, was. I, mean, I honestly it, didn't know they even had a space station. Well, is, that, they, is that real? They don't have one. No. Well, I mean, they're, they're building one. And that was, okay. this is one thing I was actually fine with. Is like they basically sort of, you know, kind of scrambled time a little bit. Like the special program hasn't been decommissioned. Yeah. But... 
the Chinese space station is Chinese space program has basically been accelerated so that they have a station. Yeah. You know, so like they kind of like you know what do you know? I mean, they're working on one. Right. They're going to have one. It probably won't be parked. You know. You know, fifty miles away from the ISS, <laughs> but you know they'll probably no. yeah. You just like throw a baseball from the ISS. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. You just like, yeah, can I borrow some sugar? Yeah. <laughs> Wave each other out the window as you pass. Like a gift Great basket, float over. <laughs> Bring like a gift basket. You yeah. know, here's some toothpaste. Just strap the fire extinguisher to like yeah, a little fruit basket and just <laughs> <laughs> over the Chinese space station. So, so the the um, you know, uh, so when the movie finished, like the one thing I really liked, and this was a really subtle thing, and it might be, be my weird, you know interest that I liked about it. But often when there's some sort of space movie like this, there's like, you, you don't really experience the transition from space to like landing in the middle of a lake or whatever it is that she landed in. And I thought that was cool. Like it was like, it's sort of a reminder that it's not like this huge chasm between earth and space, right? You're just really high up mm-hmm. in, in low earth orbit. And she did that entire transition accelerated granted, but did the entire transition from low earth orbit down to I really like saying that. <laughs> down to and then you know down to earth and then landed in the lake and that was like yeah well five minutes earlier you know she was she was hanging up and over i, I like the experience of that soundtrack was also awesome at that point yes yeah. um and in the fact that she still when she got to earth she was still gonna die still in danger i know, I know. it was yeah. incredible it's like you really because it's on fire and now we're sinking and now <laughs> my space is too heavy to swim to the surface right, right. oh my god and, this and is like she was, the worst scenario and when she was out of fuel she's like you've got to be kidding me and she's like hitting the control panel you've got to although be like really the whole like tapping the gauge and then it responded like really like we needed that cliche too i don't uh, know i was like just groaning uh, like no russian hardware <laughs> we love our russian <laughs> listeners <laughs> uh did you by the way when when george Clooney ended up back in the pod did did you guys know it wasn't real right away? Because um, I was wondering why her face didn't get sucked off. But, you know. I don't know. I, yeah, I went back and forth. I mean, like, when he was there, it's like, well, it's awfully convenient. It's just like <laughs> some kind of, like, you know, dream sequence or, like, you know, what's happening here? And then when she didn't, like, get, you know, all screwed up. I mean, the thing is, you can actually survive in... Yeah, you can. Like, the spacesuit is not strictly necessary just to keep you from exploding. It's just, you know... You're, you're, like, yeah, you're going to get, like, serious frostbite, and your eyes will probably be yeah. destroyed, and all the terrible things will happen to you, but... Even you can, you can survive. might be okay, but, like, yeah, most of your body... Well, she was be, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she yeah, was, like, yeah. a, light, a light breeze. Well, I mean, if your eyes are closed, yeah, then you have more chance, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I... I was not surprised when it turned out to be a dream sequence, but there was a there was this minute there where I was like, well, maybe... Maybe he really did. I don't know. It's, I thought it was a really entertaining scene, go. though, where he just, like, grabs the vodka and, like, he's saying, ah, you know. I thought that actually was a really clever way to do that, uh, to, to basically have some part of her brain. Give her the idea. Yes. Yeah. I thought that, that, was, was, cool. that was cool. Did you... I- well, no, I mean, I was fine by that because I, I figured it was a dream sequence. Yeah. Like, again, from the same moment that like she put her hands, pulled her hands away from her face, mm-hmm. and her face was perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I've, I've, well, at that point, you knew. But I, initially, when he's knocking on the thing, like, did you think? Well, that... so when he's knocking on the thing, I didn't realize it was him at first. I, I, thought, oh. I thought that she'd basically run across, like, like maybe the when they the like the astronauts that had left ISS hadn't immediately, like, you know, re-entered the atmosphere. Like, maybe mm-hmm. they knew that there were sort of survivors on on Atlantis or whatever because they still mm-hmm. had communications and. They were like, and somehow they had discovered her. So they like, I don't know, like tooled over in the, in their you know Soyuz capsule and like we're saving her. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't look like uh, Clooney at first to me in the mm-hmm. thing. And once he came in, I was like, oh, this has to be a dream sequence. Uh, I mean, I, I, as part of me, I was wondering, like maybe, maybe it wasn't, yeah. you know, until she took her hands off away. But well, because I, I got burned on uh, uh, World's End, you know, where I'm like, oh, this must be a dream sequence, and no, no, no it's nope. not. <laughs> so I've given up on that for forever. By the way, the one one kind of short moment that I thought was really one of the best scenes I can remember in recent memory in a movie was when she initially gets into the space station, like disrobes mm. that whole thing where she's like, 
floating. Yeah, it was uh, cool. And it was like, I mean, obviously, there was sort of like a metaphor for, you know, in, in the womb or whatever, that whole thing. Yeah, it did feel very like in yeah. the womb. But I thought it was, was really cool. Like, I mean, you, yeah. I just thought it was a really interesting scene. Yeah. I, I well, it. I think also they did a really good job, also in general, just with the with the zero G. Like, yeah, yeah they, did, they didn't even use the vomit comet. I was, I like usually most like like the the zero G itself is distracting mm-hmm. for me in a lot of movies yeah. that don't actually really you know film in zero G. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did a really good job with it here, and so I wasn't distracting at all. Um, so that was that was good. By the way, when she, when the when initially she's passing through the space station, and you see the little sparks of fire. Yeah. Is that because she knocked something? No, I don't, I don't think okay. so. I, I, I heard the clink, and I was like. Wait, did she ignite something? No, I, okay. I, don't, I don't think I so. Think okay. like that. I think the whole place passing by. Down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, uh, although, yeah, by the way, what did you think of the performances? I didn't hear you say anything about that. Some people, I think, complained about George Clooney's character. I actually kind of liked him, but I did I'm too. also glad we had him in small doses. Like, yeah. I think it was just enough. Like, I think if we'd seen a little bit too much more of him, it yeah. would have been completely overbearing. But as he was, I kind of liked him. Like, I, kinda, I thought it was a good contrast. To, yeah, you know. Yeah, I thought him really annoying. I was happy when he died. <laughs> I was like, wow. let go of him. He'll finally shut up. Which he didn't. He kept talking for a while. But then I got rid of him. And, and then he came back, back again, I know. Yeah, I, I was really annoyed by his character. And I I don't think Sandra Bullock is that great of an actress. I know she won the Academy Award for Best Actress. I think it was more of a, like, Hollywood loves a big a comeback story kind of award. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, less of a, then she's really a great actress award. I, mean, I don't, I don't dislike she, her, but I don't think she's like... For? She um, went for uh, Blindside. It was, oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. It was the football player? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no doubt that she, like, probably did a good job in that role, but I don't think she has a super great range. Well, and you so did, I thought, you I didn't like, see The Heat, right? So, But I've seen her in, like, I mean, I feel like The Heat, people, a lot of people said The Heat was a lot like Miss Congeniality. I didn't uh, see that, but yeah. Like, in terms of her performance. Which probably. Is, she, can do that, that, that she can do that role really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she has a huge range. I feel like she was operating at the edge of her range, and she was okay here. But I, you know, like I don't know. I feel like we watched a, a few movies recently, like way way back, and which had just these incredible yeah, performances. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like after coming off of those two movies, I haven't actually watched any other movies since then. Um, well, yeah, you. I believe for those other two, for way way back and uh, spectacular now. Like for me. I believed those were real people, and they yeah. were them. Yeah, no. Why didn't they so... get Sam Rockwell for this movie? By the way, it would have been. I He's mean, been yeah. in Moon. Yes, <laughs> oh, man, that would have been fantastic. He should have been so instead of George Clooney. So what exactly? I was <laughs> going to say what, I, instead of George Clooney, I, it was Sam Rockwell. I think I would have. I would. I would, I, I would not have loved, loved the movie necessarily, but I would have. I have much more positive feedback. on That would have been awesome because yeah, you know, it would have really sort of weighed the whole thing down for me even more. You know, and <laughs> it would have helped buoy it up above the sort of the you know inaccuracies. Gravity too. Yeah, we're announcing it now. Oh, by the way, speaking of inaccuracies, I was going to uh, also complain about the fact that the how the debris also attacked the communication satellites because yeah. I'm pretty sure that the, that the communication satellites that NASA uses are much higher up. I think they are. Um, however, I went to, and actually, so I googled for it, and NASA actually has a website about their Earth satellites. No. Oh. However, it is currently taken down because of the government. Oh, oh my, it's so meta. I know. Oh. So I can't actually say for sure what orbit they're at, at level they're at. But I would guess it's geosynchronous, <laughs> which is way out. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. because they even talk about the GPS. Uh, you know, they, they talk about the GPS in their spacesuits, which which is fine because yeah, the GPS you know satellites are crazy high up, mm-hmm. and, and they and so you, they actually can and use they're them. Perfectly capable of, of figuring out where you are. Yeah, I, I remember like when I was at when I was at uh, Kennedy Space Center, they talked about how like when, I think when they put the GPS in this in the in the shuttles. Mm-hmm. They just bought off-the-shelf GPS units. Because it was just <laughs> like farming. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Gas station to the right. Yeah. So, so one, one real quick thing. The early, not the very opening scene, but early on when they transition, they're, they're doing one of those long shots. You know, initially Sandra Bullock gets knocked free and she's sort of tumbling. I thought one of the coolest uh, cinematography choices 
where they slowly transitioned from a third person view to a first person view mm. with her, which, you know, for me made it more intense, right? Because you're like in the spacesuit. It's not, it's not like a single cut. Like it's over the course of a minute, yeah. they transition in there and you're seeing the LED on the suit. I mean, did you, I, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was, it was cool. cool. I mean, I, all the tumbling was sort of making me a little bit ill. Cause, cause it was it's, a bit it's much. basically she tumbles yeah. for many minutes yeah. and you're tumbling with her for many minutes. Yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of cool. But by the time it, we got there, you were over I was so tired of the tumbling that I just wanted the scene to be over. <laughs> like go, go somewhere where you're not tumbling, you know, like, and so I, I think what had more impact otherwise. Okay. Um, uh, all right. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next time. All right. Thanks for listening. Okay, that's fine. I've been Corone. That's not how I pronounced it on the previous one. <laughs> back. That's amazing. Alfonso. Alfonso Corone. Wait, wait. Say, do it again. Want, it's not it's bad. Most, like romantic. Corone. <laughs> but it's definitely not how I pronounced it before. Okay, but Alfonso Corone. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll talk about the director, what, what he's most known for, and then the actors, actress who don't really require. Yeah, uh, everybody knows much. Yeah. I think it'll be great if we get to the point where we have to pronounce the director's name and you just play the pronunciation back from, from the website. <laughs> I think you should do that no matter what. <laughs> I think you should go there and get the sound samples from the website and just insert them. Right in it's the... like in French. <laughs> this week on Low Earth Orbit, we discuss gravity. How about, we, how, about, how about we review it? Other, <laughs> other, other subtle forces. <laughs> uh, this week on Low Earth Orbit, we review gravity. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's I'm, I'm so I, funny to me. It's like just, re- you know, just I, I'll do one more version. This no, w- no, that was, no, was I, I can I can add movie in there if it makes no, it less no, no, ridiculous. No, no. I just I'm so entertained by it. It's like gravity well, is you... such a lame force. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weak. <laughs> uh, maybe do one more, just so I'm maybe not causing you to laugh midway. This week on lower, th- this week on lower Earth orbit, we discuss. Sorry, this week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>